0: Well, good morning. Welcome, everyone. My name is Scott. Happy Advent season. Uh, so glad you could join us here at Bethany Online. Our sermon series is called Becoming Human, this Advent series. And uh, this week, the theme is uh, is based on the life of Zechariah, and and the title of our sermon is Becoming Aware Like Zechariah. Our text today comes from Zechariah's story, uh, not the Old Testament prophet, but the father of John the Baptist here from the Gospel of Luke, starting in uh, verse 8 of Luke 1. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as the priest before God, Zechariah was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of the incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. And then the angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah, standing at the right side of the altar of the incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled. He was gripped with fear. But the angel said, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord." But Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their appointed time." This is the word of God for us, God's people. Will you pray with me now? Jesus, thank you so much for this Advent season. Thank you for uh, the gift of Honest Advent, the the book that we've been reading as a companion to this series, uh, Becoming Human. And God, we just pray that you would encounter our lives today as we think about Zechariah, as we think about your arrival, as we think about uh, dreams and sometimes our own lack of faith that you will show up in our lives. God, we pray that you would do a new and powerful work in the lives of your people this Christmas season. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, welcome again to Advent. This is week two in this series, Becoming Human. Um, and as I mentioned in uh, my prayer there, it's uh, this series has been based on a on a work uh, by a guy named Scott Erickson called Honest Advent. I highly recommend reading as a companion to our series this month. There's 25 different devotions uh, about having an honest Advent paired with his art. Very gritty at a level. It's not necessarily for the youngest in your home, maybe, um, but for adults, it's a really honest portrayal of the human experience. And there's just these questions that, uh, that we wanted to be bringing to you as, a, as an online church, because we know in this temptation of Advent is towards busyness, is towards distraction. And so we want encounter, we want to... Um, we want you to, to feel alive with, with what God is doing in your own life this Christmas season. We are, uh, asking you to be considerate of like, what are places in your faith journey right now that maybe you want God to transform or be present to or just bring hope back? That's that's the reality of the advent season. That's what Scott Erickson's book does so well and we're picking up on as a team that there's a real human story where the god of the universe busts in and cause a young virgin to become pregnant by the power of god and her cousin Elizabeth also who is barren and also an equal miracle uh, that she she also will will give birth to uh, to John. Uh, these two babies, these two miracle stories. And th- this is what we're tracing, you know, all, all month long. That when we talk about Advent as a church, we're not talking in a memorial setting. We're talking about a birthday party. We're talking about a new life that brings joy and hope and and in time resurrection. But I mean, just the incarnation is meant to be mysterious and gritty and beautiful and hopeful about the miracle that is the Christmas story. And that Jesus' birth 2000 plus years ago is still to be celebrated because the life it brings to bear in our own lives now. This really is the most amazing story. We should be people of awe and wonder this Christmas season for what Jesus did and what he continues to do in our lives. And that's the story last week that I set up with with Mary's Immaculate Conception, and what a, what a miracle that that was. Um, and today we we kind of highlight another miracle from the birth of John, the pregnancy of John, and the priest husband and the barren wife Zechariah, who had a dream to have a baby boy, and then an angel shows up to say, "Listen, your prayers have been heard. Uh, your dream is going to be answered." <clears throat> And and then Zechariah says, but how can I be sure of this? Zechariah, who's a professional believer, he's he's ushered in, I'll talk more about it, but into the holy of holies, where everyone wants to be, he gets to be. And when God shows up there and says, hey, through the angel Gabriel, things are happening, great news. Doubt is his response. And then he gets silence. I think not so much as a way of punishment, but just a way of awareness. Like, it's like the angel just wants him to just be quiet. You've been speaking all the religious words for a really long time, and obviously your own dream has died within you. And so in your silence, I want to give you the gift of awareness. And it is this gift of awareness that I want us as a community to be rallying around. That like Zechariah, how might those of us that are followers of God like how might aspects of our faith life have crusted over a little bit or grown a little cold or a little bit calloused? Like, do we still dare to dream that the God of the universe cares about what we care about and that God wants to do a new work in our lives? I think for a lot of us, our image and concept of God has actually grown quite small. When we come to church or our online church, are we expecting God to show up? Are we expecting the God of the universe to encounter us in our honest Advent stories? That's kind of our our, our take today, that we would be renewed with the sense of wonder and hope through the incarnation of a living God and a loving God breaking through and bringing life to our barren places. Because God longs to bring you to life in the spirit through the gift of awareness. Awareness is really what I want to highlight today. So I want to just talk about two simple things when we kind of think about Zechariah's story and then you think about your story and this aspect of awareness. Am I aware to where God is already breaking through in my faith journey? The first thing I want to say is this, that awareness will require faith that God cares about our dreams, that God cares about our hopes, that God cares about our desire. The the reality in this Luke 1 uh, portion of Zechariah, and we're going to talk more about Zechariah later in Advent, kind of the end of the story more. But the reality of Zechariah's visitation is that the angel heard the prayers of Zechariah's dream. Obviously, Zechariah's dream has in many ways died because likely there was a long time waiting for God to show up. It, it, like, that's the miracle. Elizabeth, she's barren. And it's not just like, hey, this, this has been like a long week for her hoping for a baby. No, no. It's the barrenness of like, this is the miracle because your wife has waited for years. She's old in age, Zechariah says. He's giving us clues. I've waited a long time, God, for your, for your visitation, for you, for you to show up in my life. And I gotta be real to you, Zechariah saying in the subtext that something died within me in the waiting. In the gap between my prayers and my hopefulness, watching my wife wait for this pregnancy, Zechariah is like, though I've been praying, I haven't actually been believing. I haven't actually been believing in faith that the God of the universe who I professionally serve and lead others to worship still has the power to break through and bring dead things to life. To being barren wombs to fruitfulness that a baby could come from this beloved partner of his. Like, listen here to the beginning again of Zechariah, uh, to Luke 1. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty, he was serving as priest before God. He was chosen by lot, like casting lots, like literally sticks. According to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen to go into the temple and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of the incense came, all the worshipers were praying outside. So like, just, you got to set this scene. There's like thousands of people outside the temple and only one gets to go into the Holy of Holies. Only one. And it's Zechariah. It's, this happened once a year. They would draw, you know. There's, you know, thousands of people in the community, hundreds of priests. One was chosen. It was Zechariah's turn. Like in many ways, as a priest, this is Super Bowl Sunday, but not just to watch. This is, you know, being down, invited onto the field, and given a game ball and told to run. Like he gets to be before God. This he would have spent his whole life waiting for this moment. Like I can't just, I can't express how huge what's happening here in Luke one is. And the fact that everyone's waiting expectantly like he's going to go be with God. Oh my gosh. Like I wish I was him, but I'm praying for him and God's going to break through. But then when Zechariah gets inside, he's not actually expecting God to show up. Like this is amazing. The text continues, the angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah, standing on the right side of the altar of the incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled. We get that. Mary was too. He was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth shall bear you a son. You'll call him John. He'll be a joy. Many will rejoice. He'll be great in the sight of the Lord. He's never to take wine from injury. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit before he was born. What a beautiful prophecy. He'll bring back many to the people of Israel and he'll go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn hearts of parents to their children and disobedient wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, I... For a lot of you, you're like, okay, I've heard this one before, Scott. You don't have to get so excited, but it's pretty exciting because of all the visitations from angels in the Bible, this might be one of the most beautiful visitations because not only is Zechariah given a word of comfort, not only is he given the desire of his lifetime, you're going to have a baby boy. He gets this double blessing He gets not just the gift of a child. He gets the promise of a prophetic vision. Who gets that? Like some of you don't even have kids. Some of you have kids and we're waiting. Like what's going to happen next? We have no idea. But I'm telling you, like Zechariah is given the whole package. You've waited for decades. You're having a son, but not just any son. This son is going to change the world because he's going to be preparing like Elijah did for for the way of the Lord. And for a priest, I'll, I'll just tell you as a pastor, oh, like I want people in my congregation, I want you online, I want you to be experiencing God. It's why I do what I do. But I really, especially, hopefully want my kids to fall so deeply in love with Jesus that their life is never the same. And this man is given it all. The sun, the promise, the prophetic glimpse. It's like the showcase round of Price is Right. This is the conclusion to every Christmas Hallmark movie. This is the Disney after school special. This is the nerd guy getting the halftime shot to win the game and end up with the, I mean, you name it, he's given it. Every dream comes true. And it's not just cliche. No, this is a historical fact. The angel Gabriel comes and gives this gift to a faithful model. And then he says, how can I be sure? Because all I can see with my eyes is I am old. And my wife, well, she's well along in years. I've wrestled every single year when I come into these texts The difference between Mary's doubt and Zechariah's doubt or Mary's question. How can, like, how will this be in Zechariah's? And I'm still wrestling with it, to be, to be honest with you. But I think with, I think with Mary, there was a confusion. I'm a young virgin in a backwater town. Like, how will this be? But for Zechariah, the angel's holding him a bit accountable. He should know better. By the nature of his studies and his age and his proximity to the presence of God, when the angel shows up, it's like Gabriel's like, you know, Zechariah, you should know that God is powerful. And, and where Mary's reaction is worship, Zechariah's reaction is more asking for just certainty, I think sometimes if I'm vulnerable with you, I I see myself in Zechariah's story. When God shows up, I don't always get moved to worship. Sometimes I'm looking for more certainty. God, how will you make this end? So this passage is convicting. See, none of us can attain God on our own. So we're waiting in expectation for, for God to show up in our everyday lives. For God to show up through the scriptures, through, through the promise of what God has given us in the spirit. We're like, we can't just be like, okay, I'm going to feel the presence of God. We're given it as a promise, but then we wait expectantly for more of God to be poured out into our life. So faith by its very nature has, has an expectancy, has a hopefulness, has a belief set to it that we cling and hunger for more God. But church, when we're waiting, some of us get tired. And for some of us, our dreams start to die within us. And this text brings us back to the reminder that God is powerful. One of my favorite authors of the spiritual life, a guy named David Brenner says this. He says, we we cannot attain the presence of God. We are already in the presence of God. What's missing for many of us is awareness. Little do we realize that we are already being sustained by him. So the promise for those of us in Christ is, oh, I'm always in the presence of God, but what I need to cultivate then is awareness of who God is in my life, of where God is showing up, of, of the promise that he's ever with me. And we do this in prayer. We do this in scripture. We do this in gathered worship. We do this in mission. We do this in creation, but we must do this. We must cultivate awareness we must recognize that thing in our humanity that in the waiting between our hoping and the, the just the awareness of God's presence that for some we start to drift and get discouraged. And so in our waiting, we must become aware. We must be more and more and more expected that the living God does bring dead things to life in us, does resurrect relationships that are crusted over, does long to see our work life matter where we're using our gifts in such a way that brings glory to the people around us. Like God cares desperately about our lives. God in the incarnation comes into a human story. He doesn't lift Mary into the clouds and set her in some place, God breaks through into everyday ordinary life to remind the people then and remind us now, I care about your dreams. I care about your life. And the power of God is coming into us as God's people. Will we be aware? Will, will we be aware? So that when God reminds of us of his presence, we can say more like Mary did last week, my soul glorifies the Lord Unless, like Zechariah this week. How can I be sure, God, you're really doing this? Zechariah like was given the knowledge. There's a kind of a, what the angel tells him is really kind of pointed to the Isaiah 40 prophecy. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert, a highway for our God. And see, so we all ask for God to show up more or be more aware But this text calls us to account that when God shows up, our lives must be lived in response, that this awareness will give birth to obedience or just deeper relationship. In his book, Honest Advent, Scott Erickson says this. He says, if I'm honest, I'm actually afraid at times of revelation because all great stories come at a cost, and the cost of revelation is it's going to ask something of us. In any divine annunciation or visitation, you receive revelation as a gift, yet at the same time, you receive notice that all you had planned is ending. It's all over. Everything will change, most of all, you. So this Advent season, if I'm asking you to be asking God for a breakthrough, an awareness of where God is already present in your life and where God wants to bring a dead dream back to life in you, I I need to be pastoral with you to just say, this will likely be costly. Because if your dream of a healthy marriage comes to life within you, it might actually Force you to do some of that work of confession or repentance or change yourself. Or if it's a relationship with with a parent or a child, if that if that dream of a of a resurrection of that relationship comes to bear, you might need to be the one to serve first or confess first. Or you see what Erickson talks about. When God breaks through, it's often costly. A story I told a couple months ago just in the move of becoming senior pastor, I was very thoughtful about the call on my life. And it was, you know, we joke, it was in the south of France during a time of prayer in 2008 uh, that, um, that God said, Scott, come and, and build the church which the subtext was help make church relevant again in the lives of its people. And one of the things that I've really been wrestling and been blessed with over the last month is realizing that that word given back then didn't just bring something to bear in my life. It was like God made me pregnant with this you know, expectation and hope to to build the church. Certainly, at Bethany North, over the last eleven years, we've been doing this work. But there's even something else that I'm seeing that, like that word given to me then, is actually coming to bear right now as we're bringing people back together, helping people recognize that that the church matters again here in Seattle. That our six different locations, that wherever people are watching online, that the church matters. That God's gathered people. So it was like this this. this word given there in the late 2000s is coming to bear now, you know, 12, 13, 14 years later. It's amazing and costly because the reality is living in response to God's revelation must change me. If I'm going to be speaking about the hopefulness of the church, I've got to live into it. If I'm going to be speaking about the glory of God breaking through, I've got to be expecting it. I can't become Zechariah going to meet with God praying but not actually showing God to show up and then I want to flip this neither can you like you're praying are you believing God is hearing you and that God, even if you've been waiting a very long time that God wants to bring something to to life within you do we pray and believe that God shows up that's that's a key key thing that I want To kind of focus on. And then the second thing that I'll just say here is that awareness will require change when we miss God showing up. When we miss it, it's going to require change in us. At the end of the story here from Luke 1, when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, I now pick up in kind of verse 57 of Luke 1. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy. They shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. So now we've gone from the revelation before God. Now it's many months later, and now it's the time of birth. And then in eight days, they circumcised the child. They were going to name him. This whole while Zechariah was silenced. They were going to name him after his father, young Zechariah, Zechariah Jr. But the mother spoke and said, no, he's to be called John. They said to her, there's no one among your relatives who have that name. It wasn't the custom. And then they made signs to the father because, again, he's been silenced for months to find out what he would like to name the child. And then he asked for a writing tablet. And to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Very powerful four words. And immediately his mouth was open and his tongue was set free and he began to speak praising God. And all the neighbors were filled with awe. And throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered, what then is this child is going to be? Because the Lord's hand was with him. The Lord's hand was with him. I said earlier, and I want to say it again. I do not believe that Zechariah was punished by the angel in order to sit in the proverbial penalty box of faith. I think God wanted him to be quiet for a while, to be made more aware. Because in those months of awareness, Zechariah was learning awareness of God and he was learning to be obedient. And so when they turned to him and said, what's his name, Zechariah? It's this especially significant moment for him to say, His name is John, because now the leader is a follower to what God's doing. But now the man who had dreamt for years for a son probably had his own name picked out. Zechariah Jr., Little Zeki, I mean, you name it. But no, now Zechariah has learned through his silence and his awareness, he's learned obedience. He doesn't want to be outpacing what God is doing. He's like, you know what the angel said? His name is John. We better just follow the revelation we've received. So I want to wrap this up in your story. Like, where is God wanting to make you more aware? Where is God breaking into the season for you? Where is a dead dream that God wants to bring back to life? Where's a lack of awareness with you that God wants to change? And how will you respond? What that Brenner quote earlier said is that God is already present. What's missing in us is awareness. And remember what we said earlier, that when God calls us to something, it will cost everything for us. What will help you believe this season that the God you seek is a powerful God? A God who longs to show up in your lives in powerful ways through scripture or worship at church or prayer and bring things that have been dead to your life back alive by the power of his spirit. I do believe, church, that God is honored when our faith expects him to actually show up. And so may your dreams have a vitality to them. May your prayers this season have a freshness to them. And may you believe the God of the universe loves you enough that he cares about the dreams and and that you would have an awareness of where God is already showing up and where you. And from that awareness, it would lead you to worship, to trust, that your His name is John moment would be saying, Yes, Lord, to what you're drawing me into for the new life springing up around me. Yes, Lord, I want more of that. May that be our journey in these weeks ahead as we take this honest Advent journey together. Would you pray with me now, God? Thanks so much for just the freshness of this Advent season. Through this look of honest Advent, what a gift this book has been for me as I've been studying these old texts. And God, we just pray for your people now as they're sitting with this message, that God, that they would be moved in the weeks ahead to awareness. And if if they're in the places of awareness of your spirit in their lives, God, we, we bless and honor and celebrate that. Would you just keep that awareness going? And God, for those among the, the listening that feel more barren than, than fruitful, that feel a little bit like Elizabeth or a little bit like Zechariah going to prayer without actually believing that you show up, God, would you crack through that veneer? Would you, would you break through in new and powerful ways that only you, the living God, can to make the old story new again in our lives? We want this Advent season to be a time of awareness, and worship that our faith would be growing in you, the most almighty, powerful God. And all God's people said, amen. Let's continue worshiping together.